Okay. I am so excited to have my friend Tracy here. Tracy's written a book uh, that is called A Redesigned Life, Uncovering God's Purpose When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. And I was incredibly honored, thank you, Tracy, for asking me to write the foreword for this book. And what I felt like was so beautiful about it is just comparisons that she draws between design principles and life not going as planned and making the best of it. And I think that that's beautiful. And I, I love the way that you did that. And I'm so honored to have a part in your book. But I wanted to have you on today to talk about design because design is very intimidating for people who struggle with clutter and who don't feel confident in their homes. When I say that, that's me, okay? Like it's been a long process for me to even be willing to officially decorate my home. So I wanted to have you on. But before we get into all of your design principles, I want you to introduce yourself. So tell us your entire life story that led you to writing this book. <laughs> the entire life story? <laughs> in two minutes or less. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I turned 44 in the next couple of weeks, so we're going to be here for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. But hello Give me the highlights. to yeah. everyone who is out there who is just like me in the throes of life and motherhood, looking around at your house going, what do I do now? Because yeah. didn't we as little girls probably always think, oh, I can't wait to have the Barbie house and have this house cleaner and all these things. And I'll tell you what, girls, that is not my life at all. Like I am the house cleaner. I am just like most of you in the throes of motherhood, stepping on Legos and feeling very overwhelmed. And so thank you, Dana, for your books and for how you love on all of us because I'm in the trenches with everyone else. But um, yes, I am a mother of two, so I have a third and a fifth grader. So we're in the throes of baseball and gymnastics and homework. And then my husband is a pilot in the United States Air Force. And so we move around quite a bit. We have moved six times in 11 years of marriage. Wow. And we have gone from, yes, like 200 square feet, it seemed like, to 1,000 square feet. We never know when they're going to move us, when the movers are going to show up, and what our house is going to look like next. So I have definitely had to do some decluttering in my day. Do you really not know? No. Like what house you're going to be moving into? No. They, one time they gave us three weeks notice uh-huh, to move. And then even this move, we were supposed to move to Arizona and now we're out in Washington, DC. And I had about a month and a half notice on that. So we had one weekend where we had to come out here and find a house. <laughs> okay. Do you generally buy a house or do you live on base? Sometimes we live on base. And again, that housing is interesting. You never know where the outlets are going to be or anything yeah. like that, or if you'll have storage. And then sometimes this one we bought because we thought we would stay here and retire. We retire in about two years now. Oh, that's exciting. No, I have no clue what we're going to do next. So it's just an adventure. But um, so we've never lived on the East Coast. So not only do we have to figure out our house, we have to figure out, you know, where Starbucks and where the post office and church, you know, we have to always redo our lives, it seems like, every couple of years. That's overwhelming, but in some ways, if you embrace it, I think it could be really exciting. Well, and you yeah. just look at all of the new people that you get to meet, you know, and right. my kids are, are learning just how to make friends, you know, and how to put themselves out there. And um, so it, it's been a blessing and I'm sure we'll, we will miss it, but I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of finding our place. And Hopefully it will make you appreciate being in one place. I'm sure there's going to be struggles. There's no like, oh, well, I'll be gone anyway. And <laughs> I know, right? Well, and even now, you know, the last couple of years, um, I've just been, you know, I went back to school, finished up my master's, those oh, kind wow. of things. And even though we have two years left, I'm like, you know what? I still need to plug in. I still need to know who my neighbors are, love on them, you know, get to be yeah. in a community, even though I know the moving van can show up, it seems like at any minute. So yeah. Yeah. It makes you live in the moment for sure. It does. It does. So um, tell us your background as an interior designer. Okay. Well, I don't know if you ever watched that show, Designing Women, back in the yes. 90s. Did you ever watch that? Okay, I had Dixie Carter. Yeah, and they were just so beautiful, and they just sat on couches all day and did nothing. So right. I thought, sure, I want to sit on a pretty couch and do nothing <laughs> all day, too. And so I went to Kansas State University, uh, studied interior design. And actually, my love for that started at an early age because my parents loved to build um, houses, believe it or not. My dad was- Oh, cool. 
yeah, my dad was an accountant and my mom was a teacher. So they had a contractor friend and they just loved to do floor plans and they just loved to try new things that were on the market for housing back then. So my mom would always have me help pick out wallpaper and carpet. And so my love for that actually started at a very early age. Um, so yeah. Did you move into these houses? Would your yeah. parents design and then you would move into them yep. and then they would start designing another one? Yep. And we just turn them around and we would just kind of keep moving, which again, now as a military spouse, do you see how this all fits? Yes. <laughs> I guess I'll just always be moving, right? No matter what season of life I'm in. That's so um, interesting. That's where I really started that love of it. But I knew that, okay, if I love pretty things, how can I make people's lives better? How can I make their spaces functional? Um, and so I, I love what you're doing because you're taking things, right, and teaching people how to organize that to make their lives better. And I'm just looking at the space around those things and doing the same thing. Um, so I went to Kansas State University, graduated there in May of 1998. And then I worked at, at a commercial design firm for several years. And I did hospitals, I did offices, banks, um, that sort of thing until I started you know, doing the mom thing and, and becoming a military spouse and moving. And so I've just taken some time off from working out in the corporate world of interior design to write and speak. That's really cool. So here's one of those things that um, I'm really big on in life, which is that so many things that look like someone was born knowing how to do that or born with the knack for something, which I do firmly believe we're born with tendencies, we're born with things that come easier to us, but so many things that, you know, well, I mean, somebody who plays the guitar really, really well, it looks like it's easy. Right. And so it's hard to get through our heads and actually think through the fact this person has spent hours and hours and hours doing all that stuff, which is the thing with, you know, my kids of, you know, they want to do the fun part that the part where it looks easy, but it's hard to work back from that and say, okay, there's actually things to learn. So that's the thing with designing. I know my mom is, um, she enjoys designing type stuff, but she's very into floral design. And she got into that when I was in high school. And the thing that has stuck out to me over the years of her being very obsessed with this, like, you know, she's a judge and all that kind of stuff, which people who do that kind of stuff know it's a big deal anyway, but is the principles like there's math involved. There's, you know, physics involved. I don't know. I'm just making this up, but you know what I mean? There's like actual principles of this is what makes something look, look good. And my story that my listeners know is that design scares me. Yeah. And because of past failure, because of not doing it well, but also because of my clutter and clutter creeping in and all that. But after years of decluttering, I have started, you know, basically just my living room, but I had some friends who have a knack for design, (laughs) Um, you know, who came over and they helped me. And it really has had a huge impact in my home as far as the clutter, because there's a very definite, things are very purposely placed. And because of that, it helps to reveal the clutter more easily to my brain that doesn't necessarily see clutter. And so I see the value in it, but I don't have the background or the training or the knack at all for it. So what I want you to do is to kind of give us some of those basics that we can then apply. And we talked in email about how I want to talk about flat surfaces because that's yeah, that's like the bane of our existence for those of us who struggle with clutter is we just randomly put things down and we don't think about it. And so what I have tried to do, and I'm not great at it, but I have certain spaces that are flat surfaces yep. that I try to have a very specific, I know some people, what do you call them in design? Like a little tableau or little vignettes. vignette, that's the word. Yes. Tableau is in theater, but yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, a little vignette, which they don't work for me. But when my friends have put these vignettes together, it's like, oh, I see how that's supposed to look. So how do you create a vignette? How do you do that? Like, what are your basic steps for that? Well, there's a couple principles. But, you know, as you were speaking, Dana, I wanted to say this, too, because here's why I think one of the reasons why design is intimidating is because we live in a Pinterest, Instagram world where we look at or HGTV, which believe me, I love all these things. I am not saying anything negative about these things, but we have to remember that those rooms that we see, those little pictures that we see where everything is perfectly manicured, that is not reality. Okay. 
those rooms have a team of probably 10 or 15 designers and people that are working on them and everything is so staged and we have real people in our homes, right? Or they have TV budgets and we don't have that budget. We are a one income military family. So I just wanted to say that before we get started to give everybody kind of a hug today to know that those things are great to look at, but that is not really reality. So I always tell people just start with one room. Just start with one surface. Do what you can do with the resources that you have and give yourself grace and give yourself time to get to the rest of all of those other spaces. Because if we try to think, oh, I have to look like Joanna Gaines or, oh, I have to get my whole house to look like Better Homes and Garden, that's just too much. And I can't right. even do that. We're still redoing our house right now one room at a time when we can get to it because we've got lives to live. We have kids to love on and communities to go and serve and jobs to do. So sometimes it's okay if our living room needs to wait for just a minute. So Right, exactly. And tell me about budgets because when you say one room at a time, I start to think, are you thinking all new furniture, picking out my furniture, no, no. that kind of stuff. No, no, no. Use what you have. I'm a big like refurbisher or you know what? You can go and you can get a three or $4 pillow slip cover that you can put over one of your pillows that will change the look or that will change the feel. Or you can go to a garage sale and get a new rug, you know, that doesn't cost much. And so just doing one little thing at a time does not mean as interior designer, I'm even saying this, you have to go to Ethan Allen yeah. <laughs> and re-outfit your entire room. Maybe just change one painting or change the rug or change two pillowcases by putting a yeah. slip cover over. And then there you go. That's how you what you've it. already got. Yeah. I don't buy a whole new wardrobe when the weather changes, but I always want a little something new. So I'm excited about one of our sponsors this week, who is ModCloth. Y'all, ModCloth has the cutest stuff. And I personally have been so impressed with the quality of the items that I have ordered from ModCloth. I have two things I ordered almost a year ago, and they are still two of my very favorite things in my closet. Y'all, the black dress, it fits me just right in all the right places. Like I've had black sleeveless dresses before that were knit that just, they didn't cover in the right places on my armpit. I'm just going to say it. Anyway, this one it just falls in all the right places. It's well designed. It's super crazy soft, like I can actually take a nap in it. Because sometimes you need to do that when you've been wearing a dress because wearing a dress is exhausting sometimes. <laughs> anyway, but um, the black dress feels like pajamas. It's so soft and flowy. And honestly, I've worn it for everything from a casual night out to a funeral. I mean, it just works in all those different situations. And I recently got the cutest gray blazer. And for the first time, when I wore it, um, I had two different people like the two people I spoke to. I mean, they literally on their own without me saying, Oh, my word, do y'all like my new clothes? Because sometimes I do that. I didn't even say that. And they went on and on about how cute and trendy I looked. I'm not always trendy. This made me look trendy. So anyway, it was very cute. So the clothes are super adorable. But my favorite thing about ModCloth, honestly, is they offer sizes 0 to 28. Got it? Okay. And they have mod stylists who can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help. I love how so many of their items on their website have photos of models of different body types wearing them. Like it's the same piece of clothing, exactly the same here's somebody in this body type wearing it. And here's somebody in this body type wearing it. So I am able to get a good idea of how things would actually look on me before I order. Because I'm not built like your typical model. I'll just tell you. Anyway, do you want to check out ModCloth? Hurry, this offer is only valid for a limited time to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, including all sale items, you guys, go to modcloth.com. That's M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com and enter code CLEAN at checkout. So hurry to get an extra 15% off on all sale items through the end of September. Again, get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, including all sale items, go to modcloth.com, M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com and enter code CLEAN at checkout. 
Hurry and get that extra 15% off on all sale items through the end of September. So let's talk about that flat surface. Let's, let's specifically go with like a fireplace mantle, which I know not everybody has, but you know, kind of a, for me, the beauty of a fireplace mantle is it is a less set downable surface. Now I know it's different. And you know, our home was built in 79. And so we actually have a hearth Mm -hmm. like where you could sit on there. And there was a time in my life (laughs) when the clutter was a real issue that there was always stuff piled on the hearth. And now there's not. And I, uh, so a lot of that comes from decluttering, but I think it's been even easier to see things that happen to be set there now that I have it decorated. So like I'm looking at it right now. So my friends put a little plant, actually, I think they put that somewhere else that I put there, but a little plant in one spot. And then there is a, um, like a fireplace grate that's pretty over the, the fireplace, you know, but it's kind of like those two things are enough to give it purpose and give it a certain look. And it turns it away from being a flat surface to being a decorated space. So give me some, but specifically talking about the mantle, whether or not you have a hearth, Give me some principles for that. Okay. So one of the design principles that's really important to think about when you're setting things out in a display or in a vignette is the principle of balance. Okay. Okay. It's a principle of balance. And you will know if something is balanced because it will look off visually or it'll look, oh no, like things are even, like they just work together from a visual weight standpoint. And so there are two types of balances that you want to use. You want to either use symmetrical balance, and I'll explain what that is, or asymmetrical balance to give you a feel for that. So the first one is symmetrical balance. Now, if you are in a space and you said, you know, a fireplace or a hearth, and it's like a formal living room, okay? If it's something where it's just more formal of a vibe, then you want to use symmetrical balance. Symmetrical balance is where you have things of equal quantity or equal size or equal well, color or shape on either side of the fireplace mantle. So if you can envision a mantle and you've got two candlesticks, one on each end, they're the same size, they're the same color, that is symmetrical balance. It's a very formal feel. Okay. Okay. Um, So that's one thing you can do. Now, again, notice I said one, I didn't say 15 things. Okay. On the mantle, less is always more. That's what I tell my clients all the time. Less is always more. If everything is out, nothing will be out. If you know what I'm saying, there'll be too much to look at. There will be too much clutter. Visually there needs to be space on the mantle with nothing on it. Yes, correct. Because your eyes, just like your brain, we are wired to rest. Okay. We come in, think about as you're coming into your home at the end of the day, it's been busy. It's been stressful. Your place needs to be hopefully, you know, quiet or peaceful. If you've got stuff everywhere, probably like what you've talked about in other podcasts, your mind can't stop. It will just kind of keep going and you'll want to dust or you'll want to, you know, pick up or whatever. And so on the mantle. Or shut down. Just completely shut down. Yeah, that's where. And I get that way too. Yeah. So our eyes, just like our brains, just like our hearts, it needs a place to stop and rest. So if you have symmetrical balance, again, less is more. You don't need to put 15 things out. Put two on one side, two on the other, or one on one side, or one on the other, if you want it to be a very formal vibe in there. Now, if now you want to imagine a different room with me, if it's like your den or your family room, you come in, kick off your shoes, your, your yoga pants and a t-shirt, you know, that kind of a space, mm-hmm. then you can do what's called asymmetrical balance. And that's where you would have, if you can imagine candlesticks again, you would have one candlestick on one end of the mantle and two on the opposite side of the mantle. And they don't have to be the same shape. They don't have to be the same color. They don't have to be the same size. And I actually, Dana, use more asymmetrical balance in my home than I do as symmetrical. So again, when I was talking about the offices I would design, people want to be impressed. I mean, those are grand spaces, right? I would use a lot more symmetrical design in those type of spaces. But in your home, we want people to be relaxed. We want them to feel at home, like they can, you know, kick off their shoes. And so I would use asymmetrical groupings then throughout my home to kind of give it more of that organic feel. Yeah. I would say just listening to you talk, asymmetrical would be much more my style. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because you don't have to have the same height. You don't have to have the same quantity. In fact, there's another principle here that I'm going to talk about called contrast. 
Okay, the principle of contrast. And if you can imagine in your mind black and white, right? Mm -hmm. you know, black and white, those colors right there. That is contrast. That creates interest in a space. So if everything is the same color, if everything is the same height, guess what? boring, right? I mean, it's just kind of too blah. So you need a sense of contrast. So again, think about that mantle. If you can put candles of different heights, okay, that creates a sense of contrast that draws your eye to look at those objects. Not everything has to be matchy, matchy, matchy. So again, when you're thinking about the different objects that you're going to put on a mantle, if you want the eyes of people to rest there, if you want to create some interest, then Again, use that asymmetrical balance and use some contrast with the colors. Uh, black and white, again, are going to draw the eye. Think of the color wheel that you maybe learned in school. Um, orange and blue. Red and green. I mean, I love Christmas. It's full of contrast, right? And, and right. we all love Christmas. I think it has because it's got some contrast in there. Yeah. So those are just some of the principles to think about. So let's talk about that. You said not everything has to be matchy-matchy. Right. I, I just bought a chair yesterday. Okay. And... I'm super in love with it, but it doesn't match my rug as much as I thought it was going to match okay. it because okay. I got it um, from a Facebook group, which I tell all my people to not be in those groups. But anyway, <laughs> you found yourself in one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got in it to sell things. And then but anyway, but yeah, but I'm very happy with it, but I'm a little stressed out over. It's a little bit more aquatent to the chair and then no aquatent, no green in the blue on the floor. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And you know what? Again, that's actually okay because okay. we can't always match all the same blues, like on the wall with the paint right. rug. There's no way because they're coming from all different sources. Okay. All different manufacturers are right. going to call blue, blue, but it's not going to be the same type of blue. So right. all I would say is pull out a secondary color of the rug. So I think it was either white or silver maybe that I could see on white. there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I would put a, just an accent pillow if you have one already. If you have one already, okay. just go ahead and put that on that chair so that that ties that back in to the rug. Okay. So putting something white on yes. that chair will then... It'll make your eyes go balance. Okay. So there you go. Thank you for Easy. solving all my problems. Easy. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure what you thought was silver on my rug was dog hair. But anyway. Okay. Or that too. Uh, <laughs> dog hair on the chair and you'll be fine. It adds texture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I have a question for you sure. and you can maybe explain why. How big should a rug be for a room? Because I have a rug that I was like, oh, I'm going to move that into that other room and it looks too big, but I don't understand it. I don't understand what, why. Okay. Well, again, this is one of those questions that is going to, there's going to be a lot of different answers to because okay. it's going to depend on what is actually going to sit on top of that rug. You know, okay. is it just one table? Is it an entire couch? Is this a sunroom versus a, you know, so I always tell the pe people, you have to think about the function of your room and what needs to set on that rug. Now, rugs are great because they add color and because they help with the acoustics of a space. So for instance, mm -hmm. our home has very high ceilings and wood floors. With small kids, that's a, that is a, <laughs> a loud. It's very loud. And so I put a rug in there to absorb that sound. So okay. wait, your feet warm. Let's be honest. Yeah. In the winter, if you've got concrete floors, if you have wood floors, you probably want a rug somewhere to kind of keep your toes warm. Yeah there on the couch. So there's many functions to that. But if you have like one table, you don't want a gigantuan rug underneath it. Now, if you're going to put a couch and a table, yes, you can go bigger with the rug. So some of this, it really does depend on how you are seeing things. I know I hate to say that there isn't really a no, yeah. behind that, but it's going to either, it's going to be like off visually. So, so it's more about what is actually on the rug than it is yes. about the size of the room, which that makes more sense to me. But that was a question I had is like, supposedly these people who help me with my um, decorating, they were like, your rug has to be under your couch where I'd always just kind of had it out in the middle and it does visually make a big impact. But why is yes. that? It's just because I think it's the way your eyes are seeing things, right? Mm -hmm. Like again, our eyes want everything to line up. You know, we have the sense of order within us. And so sometimes if there's a space between the couch and where the rug starts, our eyes are kind of like, whoa, there's like a path, you know, we kind of start walking this weird path. And so that's why a lot of people 
say, yes, pull that couch up so there's not like this weird like space, like a walkway kind of a thing. So yes, typically if you're going to have a situation where you have a couch and you have a table, you definitely want to move the edge of the couch up as close as you can to the end of the rug or on top of the rug, just so there's not like this weird gap, if that makes okay. sense. Okay. But so, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying because I had the weird gap always, but I didn't think of it as a weird gap. I just knew my house didn't look right decorated. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So if you went into a room and you're like, I like all the stuff in this room, but something, but it's just kind of just the stuff in there. What are some things like making sure that the couch goes over the edge of the rug? What are some other just standard things that will make a room look more pulled together? Well, I think one of the things that I have come to notice about me, I'm just a very detailed person by nature Mm -hmm. is I'm always looking for cords. Cords are something that we can combat. And so, for instance, I wish more houses had electrical outlets in the middle of the floor, you know, so we have the couch with the side table. We're not having cords just running, you know, everywhere. But you know what? Be encouraged if that is your situation because there's ways, and I've done this in our own house, is I found ways to tape the cord kind of up underneath the table, if you will, and then to kind of put it behind, um, you know, like our TV console. It's hard for me to explain without showing you all. Right, right, right. <laughs> so you can see what I'm trying to explain here. Um, but trying to tape that down so that the cords just kind of aren't going everywhere. And they have like little um, things you can get now just for dollars, you know, on Amazon, little cord covers so that, you know, they're maybe cream colored to match the paint on your wall, you know, so that you're not seeing just black cords go everywhere. Or we've um, set up baskets actually on either side of our TV console. And that's where I put like my husband's subwoofer. And I put like, again, all of the TV, you know, Roku cords and things like that. And then I throw pillows on top. And nobody knows that inside of those baskets are all of these cords and remotes (laughs) and all of my husband's remote things. So that is one way to clean up a space really quick is just try to look at where all the cords are. If there's any way you can rearrange things and that will give that, that room without buying anything a very much cleaner vibe. So that's just, well, and I think that's, that's key right there because one of the things that I think is frustrating for people like me who do struggle so much with just having random clutter out is it's like once we declutter and then we're like, there's still something off. You know, but, but I don't see the cords. Like it does not, it doesn't register in my head. So to go, okay, something is off. Let me make sure there's not a weird gap between my couch and my rug. You know, let me pay attention to cords and go, oh, okay. Um, You know, here's something I can do with that and, and just let that, what are some other like just standard things that you're like, this makes a huge visual impact in a room? Okay. Collections is another thing. Again, I love to collect things. I mean, I just, I love teacups. That's one of the things I love to, to do. But just because we have a collection of 30 or 40 teacups, that would be yeah. me. Because <laughs> right once people know that you love teacups, oh. then they're like, guess what I can get for Tracy? Exactly. And yeah. I welcome them. My address yeah. is. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But if you want, no, anyway, um, but we don't have to display all of them at once because not everyone that comes into the space is going to love teacups, right? And so maybe just displaying two or three or having a set room, if you can, for your collections where you can ask people who are, or who want to see them, you know, into a separate space that will help a room appeal more visually. Because I think sometimes we get so excited and yes, our home, the biggest function of our home is just to show people to invite them in. Right. Mm -hmm. But just who we are, but that doesn't mean we have to show them every single willow tree, you know, figurine or in my case, every single teacup. So limiting the amount of collections, maybe putting them, you know, even in a designated room, if you have a lot of collections or just rotating those things in and out, because, you know, if you have, um, I don't know, maybe weekly meetings that meet in your home for whatever reason, it's always fun to say, Hey, look girls, you know, I changed out my teacups. Look at this new one that I found or, and they're like, Ooh, cool. You know, that kind of so thing. how do you store the ones during the off time? Well, that was going to be my question for you. <laughs> Okay, let me tell you about one of our episode's sponsors, and that is BetterHelp. I hear from a lot of you, and I know that a lot of you have some really tough stuff in the stories that you tell me. 
You guys, though, I am just a podcaster who talks about cleaning and I'm not actually qualified to help with some of the things I know that my listeners are dealing with. That's why I'm excited to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online counseling that allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor in a safe and private online environment so you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. If you know that you need to look into getting some counseling, but you're overwhelmed with how to even start, check out BetterHelp. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request the new one at any time for no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though I do want to be clear, this is not a crisis line. One big advantage, since I know I have readers everywhere, is there is a broad expertise in the network, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. A Slob Comes Clean listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code CLEAN, so why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash clean. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash clean. And our final sponsor for today is Carbona. Carbona is a household brand that's been helping people live life unstained for more than a century. That's a lot of experience, you guys. Carbona offers a wide range of cleaning and home care solutions that deliver impressive results. Their products ensure that stains never have the upper hand. Have y'all seen the rug I got when I decorated my living room, like either on the blog or on Instagram or whatever? So it has white on it. That's the design is white. And that makes me nervous. When my dog threw up, it was almost like she was purposely aiming for the white part of the rug. But it's all okay because Carbona's two-in-one carpet cleaner took care of the job. It has an oxy-powered formula with active foam technology for effective stain and odor removal. It takes out everything from mud to wine. It also has a built-in two-in-one brush top that tackles stains at the surface and deep in the carpet fibers, helping to eliminate stains and odors. Order now and my listeners will receive 20% off your order. Live Life Unstained Shop Carbona, C-A-R-B-O-N-A dot com with code CLEAN for 20% off. Again, use the code CLEAN at Carbona.com to save 20%. Happy cleaning. Something to talk about real quickly, you know, since we are talking to my people is, you know, clutter threshold is a real thing. And that is how much stuff I can personally handle and how much can I personally handle, you know, for me, I need to have things sit out. Like I don't do seasonal decorating because I can't do it. I can't handle it. And so it's more important for me to just have things set and then I will do some things for Christmas, but that's it. You know, so acknowledging whether or not you can handle having this many teacups, but also coming from the perspective of they're going to look better and I'm going to enjoy them more if I have fewer, which means that that is the storage is their display. And when I get a new one, then I take something out and donate it from the old one. But for you who have a higher clutter threshold, you can handle having more stuff and you can handle rotating things. Where do you keep the ones that you're not using or displaying right now? Right behind me here, we've got designated storage rooms. Uh Now, again, keep in mind, like I said at the beginning, we move quite a bit. Right. So sometimes I don't have a, quote, storage room. So I have to be a little bit more creative. So a lot of times when I didn't have a storage area, we would use the garage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that's just where we had. Right. Closets are for shoes. They were for games. They were for our um, towels or for our clothes. I didn't have room for all that other stuff. So it would be out in the garage and I would set up my boxes that are clearly labeled, you know, fall, Mm -hmm. spring, whatever, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving. And we would set up, you know, vertical shelves and I would keep everything there. And then the rule that my husband and I have, because we move so much, if I have not used it in the year or the two years that we have lived in this house, for whatever reason, it goes into the garage sale and it goes out or we donate it to someone or something like that. So that's just kind of how we operate with that. But that's where all that goes. And so, then, 
Yeah, you take advantage of the natural rhythm of your real life, which is that you have to move on a regular basis. You take advantage of that natural rhythm to use that as a defining moment. Yeah. No, it is very hard, but it's also what you have to do. It's it's embracing the life that you have, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk. Um, so in your book, I love the combination between you talking about God's purpose and the purpose that things serve in within your home, but your sections of the book, you talk about different design principles and you explain those. So let's just talk about a couple more that people can kind of take um, and let's apply them to the mantle again. So we talked about symmetrical or asymmetrical uh-huh. balance, right. okay, specifically being balanced, but let's talk about emphasis yep. is one of yours. So the principle of emphasis, and I say this in the book, if you guys, I love this book because it's very visual, okay, mm-hmm. and I, I like books that make me kind of use my imagination and visualize things in my head because I think that helps us to remember and yeah. helps to learn things, right? So emphasis, if you guys can imagine an all-white room, Okay, everything is white, the couch, the floor, the walls. I mean, that's kind of popular right now anyway. But then all of a sudden you see an oil painting on the wall that's bright purple and green. Or you see a vase on the table that has red roses or yellow sunflowers. Okay, that is emphasis. The designer has picked one thing to be the focal point. Okay, that's a key. If you're looking to do good design, you always need to have a focal point. Point. That is something, again, like we talked about earlier, for your eyes to rest on. And so if everything, and I, I also use another example of an all-red room, if the walls are red, if the couch is red, if the floors are red, if everything is to emphasize, it's just too much. We, can't, we don't want to spend time in that room because everything is emphasized. So again, when you're thinking about the horizontal spaces, you want to have a focal point or something for the eyes of the person to rest on because if you have too many things out there, nobody can focus on that one thing. So when you're thinking about a table, let's say, again, I like asymmetrical, so I will do groupings of three, um, not usually more than three, uh, maybe five, max, 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 max. Has Um, to be an odd number? For me, I like odd numbers better. Okay. Again, um, my house is more informal. So mm-hmm. if I wanted, again, to do symmetrical balance, that's fine. Then I would use two or four. Okay. But I wouldn't get maybe past that unless your mantle's like 50,000 feet long. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them are not. Most yeah. of them are not. So again, think less is more. Okay. And give whatever it is that you want to emphasize, then that needs to be, you know, maybe either central, you can use um, lighting or something to draw the eye to whatever that is. Um, Again, make it the brightest colored object in that grouping, the tallest item in that grouping. What is the emphasis of whatever it is that you're displaying? And really, you got to think about the function too. Like, um, you know, is this grouping um, just purely decorative? Like, I just want people to walk in and go, oh, wow, that's such a pretty, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, or is it that they're to learn something from this grouping? Like, um, and what I mean by that is you want them to learn about your people, about the vacation that you've gone on or about the people that you care most about. So we use pictures, right? Mm-hmm. In frames. Okay, that's kind of a grouping. Again, if you want a symmetrical balance, use two or four pictures. If you want asymmetrical balance, you can do, you know, a grouping of three or a grouping of five, but you have to really determine, okay, what is the function? Because if it doesn't fit the function, then don't put it in the grouping. Okay. So in other words, if it's to show off my family, I don't want a bunch of figurines and candles, right? Because that's going to take away from the emphasis of that grouping, or I don't want to put my mail there or my keys there, right? If it's to show my people. So it's defining, like, you know, we talk a lot about it helps with clutter issues. If I define the purpose of a room, Yes. this is taking it down to the details, defining the purpose of this decorative area. So like this flat surface is going to be for decorative purposes and this grouping of things, this vignette is specifically going to have the purpose to show my family to show that I'm into, you know, travel or, or whatever. And you can change these vignettes. And again, this is not about buying new things. This is just looking at what you've already decluttered and what you already have. And what, again, what is the purpose? If you're going to have a Christmas party or you're, you know, we've got the holidays coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of us are going to be having people maybe into our homes or whatever. So be thinking about, okay, it, I've got this one surface. What is going to be the purpose of this surface? This isn't going to be the only purpose this surface will ever have. It will just be, you know, we just want to 
think about it in a month or just think about it for a week to make it easier and not so overwhelming. You know, what is just going to be this temporary purpose of the space? And if, if there's another object that you really want to put there and it does not fit within that function, then just save it for later. Doesn't mean you can't no. put it out, you know, at a different time, but that will really help our decision-making process with this vignette. Well, and I think when, when you're saying this, I'm thinking about what I was thinking as I collected cool stuff for my home mm-hmm. and why it didn't work the way I wanted it to. Like I would see somebody else's house and they would have all these, like I always compare it to the old, the way Chili's used to be, you know, Chili's <laughs> restaurants, you know how they would have like the cool junk and stuff like that. That's my aesthetic, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I always... I was always like, this is so cool back when Chili's was a new thing, you know, but um, <laughs> free refills on Diet Coke. And I think of the flair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that type of thing, I, I had a roommate in college. Her parents' home was just, mm-hmm. had lots of stuff in it, but was so interesting. Like it was just, and it felt homey and it, and it didn't feel overwhelming or anything yeah. like that. And so I would see that and it was like antiques and, yeah. you know, old fashioned toys and things like that. And I would think, I love that feeling and that look. And so I would collect the things and then I would put them in my home and they looks like a pile of junk because they actually <laughs> were a pile of junk. You know? And so to me, it's that what you're saying is, okay, grouping them in a group of three with empty space around it, yes. all yes. themed around a certain purpose. Yes. So if I don't need to put a toy right. and right. an antique butter mold, right. you know, I, not that those, but, but that, that gives me some parameters to go, okay, if I will follow these rules, I increase the chances that it's actually going to look Like I was envisioning in my head, but when I'm just like, why does my house not feel the way there does theirs does mine feels junky. Then that that's where I get frustrated and start to think, well, I can't do this. And then I can't have a house the way that I envisioned it. Exactly. And I think we're always our worst critic too, right? Like we can look at somebody else and go, oh my gosh, their house. And they're like, ah, and then they come to us and they say, oh, this is like, it's, I think it's just so interesting. Nobody ever came to me. This well, is hey, amazing. No, no, no. That I saw. <laughs> no, no. Okay, listeners, listen up. Because I saw her Instagram photo from a couple months ago where she got a new rug, and I complimented you on Instagram yes, you about did. how thank beautiful you. your living room. And I, I speak truth, girl. I speak oh, truth. Thank so you. I, I did. I complimented you. <laughs> thank you. Very kind. <laughs> well, and I think that's what's hard is because I, I, it's not that I don't have any taste. Sure. That's not the issue. <laughs> I don't, I hope. Right. Um, I mean, don't, you're seeing what I look like today. This is my workout clothes. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I feel like I find things that I like, but then I don't know how to put it together. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's where this is very helpful to me. So let's talk about another principle of pattern. Yes. Yeah. I love patterns. I mean, of course, okay. of course I am because I'm a designer. I mean, all my clothes have patterns on them. So I just do. I love patterns um, because again, they create interest. They create drama. Again, you know, you think of, you know, churches or uh, different children's areas in the mall, you know, they're going to have, if they want a jungle theme, they've got, you know, carpet that has uh, what is it called? Leopard print or you know, things like that. Or if they want to create a underwater theme, they're going to use blue you know, carpet with little bubbles on it to make you feel like you're under the water. And so patterns are very powerful. They give you um, a sense of the area that you're in. In fact, when I would design like hotel type spaces out in the Southwest, I would use patterns that have diamonds in them or, uh, you know, teals and peaches, cactuses, of course, you know, that geckos, right? You know, those kinds of things to kind of give it a Southwest feel. Now I live out on the East Coast. Total different patterns are used out here. You've got damask, you've got um, stripes, you have paisley. It's a very formal vibe. So again, you have to think about using what you already have. What kind of a vibe, what kind of a feeling are you trying to invoke um, with your space? And here's the good thing. A little pattern goes a long way. Okay, so we don't want crazy patterns on the wall, crazy patterns on the floor, crazy patterns all over our couch. Because again, think about what we talked about, the emphasis is going to be too much. So again, rugs are a great way to bring in some pattern. If you have a rug that has a lot of pattern, 
tone it down everywhere else. You don't need pattern on the couch and, and big pattern wallpaper because it'll just be too crazy. So think about what you already have um, because if you're wanting to create, you know, a more formal vibe, then yes, stripes work well. Your uh, reds and blues, golds, those kinds of a thing, um, those patterns will evoke kind of more of a formal vibe. If you want um, less formal, kind of like the asymmetrical balance, again, you can use um, lighter colors, you can use um, polka dots or something paisley, a little bit more whimsy um, to kind of give that space, that vibe. So patterns okay. are important too. Okay. So pattern, it goes with emphasis. Like, because a pattern is a natural emphasis, correct? Yes, yes, it is. And again, all of these principles, really, they're related. They have one end goal, and that's to create order and to create focal points, okay? So again, patterns, you can think, okay, what do I really want to emphasize? Do I want, you know, people to really look at my couch because I really love it? Then again, you want to put some pattern on the couch because they're going to draw the eye. They're going to make you feel something, okay? Um, and a pattern, again, is just something that's repeated over and over. So, um I'm going to have to edit that. <laughs> no, that makes sense. When you say a pattern is something that's... I just lost like, my train of thought. <laughs> like, like my rug that is white, except if, with the dog hair, it's silver. Um, right. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> we're also looking through a whatever camera. But anyway, um, but as, as you look at it, you're saying it's like, you know, it is a repeated thing. It's yes. like a design that is artistic and is, you know, it's not yes. a painting. We're not no. talking about a painting. No. We're talking about something that is a repeated design. Right. And it just, again, it creates a feel to the space. So okay. again, if you want it to be more playful, if you want it to be more formal, yeah. really think through the type of pattern that you're going to be using. Um, because again, it does create emphasis. I mean, a pattern is going to draw your attention to it, no matter how you use it. So just use it sparingly and use it wisely. And really, um, you know, the two things I always tell people to bring it in on would either be the pillows or the rug. Um, because those are just kind of some of the, I, I think from a design standpoint, some of the most visually appealing surfaces to put pattern because I mean, a couch is just too big. I mean, it's just, whoa, you know, <laughs> you have too much of it. And same with the wallpaper. You know, if, you, if you're a big wallpaper fan or something like that, I would definitely use it maybe just kind of partway up um, unless the room is huge or something like that, if the room is very huge, um, then you can use more of a bigger pattern up on the walls because, again, it might make the space start to feel like yeah. this. So especially if it's a small space, use the pattern sparingly. Okay, so here's the thing is when you talk about, you know, really think through, that's where I struggle on all of this. Um, but what I do end up with is something that I had some sort of an emotional reaction to, you know, like my old rug, which I don't know if that's the one you were talking about, but my old rug, I just saw it and I went, I love this so much and I have to have it. And yeah. so bringing that in and then going, okay, this is the reality of this rug. Yeah. Let me accept the fact that it was very patterned and you arrange everything else around it to make that actually work, you know? Yes. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah, I would say do that because this is why, you know, residential design was a lot harder for me than mm -hmm. commercial because you're always drawn to what you like. Yes. Um, and so what happens <laughs> would be is I would, I would spend all these hours coming up with all these different palettes, you know, for my clients and they always went back to the one that they liked first. And so yeah. you know what, this is your home. You are going yeah. to have to look at this rug. You are going to have to look at these paintings more than any of the rest of us. And so no matter maybe what Joanna says or what the professionals, mm -hmm. you know, might say at the end of the day, this is your home. It is yeah. to be an extension of who you are and not everybody, you know, may not. I love polka dots. Not everybody likes polka dots. My man. I love like polka, polka dots. dots. Okay. <laughs> so guess what's not in Tracy's home? A lot of polka dots, but you know what? That's okay. But if yeah. Polka dots, then use those polka dots because yeah. you are the one that is living in that space. And so use what you have and hold your head up high because we're all made to be unique and to be yeah. very cool. Well, um, okay. We talked a little bit about, you know, don't buy a lot of stuff. Was there anything else you wanted to say about that? About shopping uh, from your own home yeah, or? From, and again, give yourself time and grace. Uh, because again, I think we think, oh my gosh, I buy a house. I have to have it all HGTV'd out in the first year. No, no, you don't. No, you like don't. Your, your after picture might come yeah. a year or two years after 
your before picture. <laughs> yeah. And again, I mean, think about if you are going to remodel, that's a lot of resources. That's a lot of time. And you know, right now, farmhouse is huge on the market. Like everything is farmhouse and Hobby Lobby, it's farmhouse. And you know, so there's going to be phases in design, just like with clothing, right? right I mean, right. think of the fashion industry. The fashion industry usually will almost dictate the interior industry. They, it's kind of weird how that works, like colors and palettes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so don't, you know, rush out and buy maybe what's the most popular right now. You want to think maybe more timeless, okay? Because sometimes these trends in, in design are going to come and going to go. Um, so give yourself grace, you know, don't go, you know, into debt, you know, trying to get the ship lap and you know, all of yeah. these things that are uber popular right now. Just do one space at a time because it's, it's okay. So give yourself grace, I think. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, is there anything that you wish I would have asked you in this interview? That's a good question. (laughs) No, I mean, I think, well, maybe I already answered this because I get asked this a lot. People always say, what is the biggest thing we can do to make our home beautiful? So that's what I get asked. And here is my answer. Be you. Because it is not the furnishings or the things that are on the wall that make a home beautiful. It is the people who are inside of the home that make it beautiful because we are made in the image of a beautiful God. And so that's really the essence of that. And I think, you know, we can try to, you know, make our houses so spotless and whatever. We got to love ourselves too and know that we are worthy. And that is what makes the home, your people inside of the home, the conversations that happen within the home, that's what makes it beautiful. And so that gives us permission to simply be who we are with the resources that we have and to enjoy the walls that do surround us. Well, and I think when you make that the focus yes, and you design around your reality, it's so much more sustainable. You know, it's something that you're actually going to like for longer, but it's also something you can maintain, which I know for my people, that's a big struggle for us is the maintaining of things. But if I like it and I really like what it looks like when it's actually decorated, then I'm that much more likely to notice when it starts to get out of control because I'm like, wait, something's off here because I know what it's supposed to look like and I like it like that. And it's, you know, gives me those clear boundaries for what should and shouldn't be in this room. Right. Yeah. And keep Googling, you know, keep, I'm still learning even as a designer, you know, there's so many resources out there about texture, you know, about lines. We didn't really even get to any of this, but there's texture, there's lines, shapes, colors, all of these different things. If you guys just simply Google, um, you can learn how to put some more of these principles at work in your own home. So I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And again, your book, tell me the name of your book one more time. Okay. It's called A Redesigned Life and Covering God's Purposes When Life Doesn't Go as Planned. So Which, yeah. <laughs> does anybody ever have a life that goes exactly as planned? No. Yeah. No, but isn't it cool yeah. that God gives us design principles so that yeah. when life shocks or surprises us, every time we see a pattern or every time we see emphasis, we can go, aha, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I'm going to yeah. make it through this life that I did not design because there's yeah. a purpose and there's a pattern behind everything that's happening. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. And that's available wherever books are sold, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. Great. Well, thank you for coming on today. And um, where can we find you online? Okay. You can find me, start out at my website, which is www.tracym steel.com. And then from there, I'm on Instagram and all of the other social media outlets. And I would love to connect with you. Okay. And it's Tracy with an E or not? Just a Y. Yeah. So T-R-A-C-Y-M-S-T-E-E-L.com. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later.